Hey, it's the Bob Zadie Show, and it was brought to you by Podcast Planet and Entertainment Studios. Please call them if you have any complaints. Hello, and welcome to the Bob Zadie Show. I am the co-host, Aaron O'Connor, but we've decided to do something a little bit differently today. We've swapped chairs, swapped microphones, and swapped headphones. I'm going to sit down with somebody that I have known professionally and personally for almost 23 years. He has literally worked in every state in this fine nation of ours and several countries. He's going to tell us a little bit about that. Please welcome to the Bob Zaney Show. On the other side of the mic, the one and only Bob Zaney. Welcome, Bob. Well, thank you, Aaron, for having me on my show. Uh, <laughs> I know this was a tough booking. I'm channeling Fred Wolf right now. Oh, Fred Wolf, you mean the person who directed you? Who was supposed you? to be here, but, you know, this is Fred. You know, I've known him forever. He came to our wedding and left, remember? I kind of don't actually remember He actually that. got me a gift and not you a gift. He got me an uh, a ashtray and a cigar and a lighter. Oh, I do remember. I don't remember yeah. him being at our one. It was I think a he fun... came there with Kristen, his wife. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I don't remember that. I was busy getting married to you, so my mind was elsewhere. It was a fun wedding we had, wasn't it? It was a great wedding, and uh, we realized after paying for it, we could have built onto the house. Yes, we could have. As a yeah, matter that of was fact. what I remember about the wedding. The tent was 1500 bucks alone on a beach in Malibu. Actually, Zuma. It was, it was one of the best nights of our lives, Bob. But, you know, we switched around because we were expecting a guest who happened to be Fred Wolf. And so I, I think I might just start there spontaneously uh, because Fred directed you in a film that you are still remembered for with our friend, David Spade, uh, Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. That's right. I play man number uh, two. Actually, man number one, but people who saw the performance thought I was number two. But I'm the guy who pushes him into the janitorial cart in the very beginning of the film. I play a radio executive, which is ironic with all the radio I have done over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th that lives on. That movie, that credit's more important than uh, The Informant with Matt Damon. People remember your performance in Joe Dirt, and they are now, they've just completed a sequel. Here I am plugging Fred Wolf's project. Well, well he's he can't not be here. here. We might as well himself. help him out. Exactly. But I have to tell you that pe when, when the announcement was made that they were doing a sequel to Joe Dirt, the, the Twittersphere caught on fire saying, well, I hope Bob Zaney is going to be in that. So, so did you do anything to sort of uh, advocate for yourself to get a role in that film, well, Bob Zaney? Well, I talked Zaney? to Fred on the set, and he said, I'll get back to you, and then I guess they finished shooting. So welcome to show business. But you had a great idea, since I was known for pushing him into the cart, that I should be a character that pushes David Spade into something every, you know, 15 minutes throughout the movie. See, Fred, if you'd been here, you could have had not only just a free complimentary cupcake, but you could have had the brilliant ideas. Because we are, we are kind of a comedy team, right? Yeah. Because here we are at the podcast. It's funny. I'm sure you get this question as well, being married to me for all of these years. People think it's just fun and games being married to another comedian. What is your take on that? Well, I, people think that what we do is we, we sit around laughing all the time. And basically what we do is say, you need therapy and that's my joke. So uh, we fight over jokes a lot because we'll come up with jokes together. And then all of a sudden it's your joke or it's my joke. And what was the recent joke that we had that thing with? Remember? Oh, I talked about my brother, Tony, who, yes. uh, who's gay. And I have no problem with that. It's just weird how he came out. Yes, you know, I remember that day. It was at a family picnic, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, mm -hmm. invited everybody to family picnic, and we played Marco Homo. Right. So uh, a family pool. It was a pool. That's the joke. That's the other thing Marco we do is we... Marco Homo. That was the joke. We we'll be editing that It's okay out. to laugh, Kim. And Aaron, you too. It's laugh out loud because obviously 
Laughter doesn't throw us off. We feed off it. That's exactly right. But, you know, it is interesting because we have conversations. We have we talk in the car. We talk in the yard. We talk while we're watching TV. We observe the same things. And then we will have witty repartee and make comments. And there is kind of a blurred line regarding, oh, did I write that joke? Or did you write that joke? Or And I, um, you know, you have... Well, you've helped comedians before with jokes, and then, and then it becomes part of their act, and then they forget where it ever came from. Exactly. They, after you tell it long enough, I think it's kind of like Goebbels' lie in Germany. If you say it enough, it becomes the truth. Well, if you do the joke long enough, it becomes your own joke. Yeah, and we're pretty good about that. And um, you're a prolific writer. You have a lot of responsibilities every week. You You headline on the road. 50 weeks a year at least, yeah, and yeah, yeah. as well as doing a weekly syndicated radio show. How many jokes do you suppose you have to come up with? And I do say have to come up with every week. Well, I write at least 15 topical jokes, and out of that I pick six. For what? For the radio, the Zany Report, which is uh, I do it on at least uh, 14 stations a week, and Bob and Tom, which is syndicated about 120. And then uh, I do a movie review. Okay. Where I review movies and and, and do you go what, serious? Do you do? You no, know? I have no idea how movies made, but uh, I just try to find the jokes that they may have missed. That's all. Like there was this uh, the movie. It was Vince Vaughn and somebody else, and they had these kids, and they were named Austin and, oh, was and it a Dallas. Oh, yeah, okay. And they said they came up with that because that was the city they were conceived in. And then the joke I wrote was, "My uncle did something similar. You should meet my cousins, truck stop, Ferris wheel in prison." Hilarious. And then I said, of course, you know, Ferris will suffers from vertigo. Anyway, these are smart jokes, Aaron, and uh, the other for Aaron. everybody. Let's just make oh, it very right. clear. Our, our engineer. That there are two Aaron's very, in the room. Very anal and very precise. He's adorable His and five wonderful. second rule is very important. I think we should have that at the house. Five seconds, nothing. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Did I throw you off? A little bit because you brought up something that was really interesting. Because I, I want people to know how hard you work. I think that people look at your life and they say, oh, yeah, you work. 45 minutes a night and then your job is done and that is absolutely not true um you know you well you, let me give an example of what my the next three days involve let's I go have, through a I typical leave, bob zany week well today we're doing five podcasts thank you fred wolf and uh tonight i'm on three flights to get to wausau wisconsin then i'm driving over to the affiliate with bob and tom to do some promo then driving to antigo wisconsin probably get a nap I got radio tomorrow. I got more radio. Then I got two shows. Then I fly back here, start all over. So Okay, but when you say you got to do radio, 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 exactly what is involved when you have made a commitment to headline at a club? Is your responsibility to help fill the seats in that club? Well, it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. You know, really, they should have skin in the game. I think my responsibility is showing up. I agree. On time with a good attitude. That's right. As Jacob Glass says. Mm -hmm. The point is, it's like you do have to go the extra mile and, and help out as much as you can, as long as it's organized. And plus, I have all these contacts with people over the years, so I, I can call people and say, hey, do you want me on? And But you enjoy that they part get back to me, huh? of the job because you do know people across the nation in small Midwestern towns, and they've invited you to do the weather report and sit in on the news panel. And, you know, so it, it, do you like that part of your job as much as getting on stage at oh, night I love and telling that. your jokes? I, I remember in the 70s, growing up here in LA, there was a, a time that Channel 7 News had guest weather cast, casters come in, and Dave Madden came in, and Pat Sajak was doing the weather too back then. And they were hilarious. So I was inspired as a child. And then all of a sudden, I, I and again, 
These all these numbers always sound like exaggerations to people when I tell them, but I have extrapolated a number. I've done at least fifty thousand radio shows. Wow. Okay, I never knew that because you usually, as a Virgo male, you keep charts and graphs of everything. Not really. No, I mean, you not do as good as I could be. And then TV, I've done over a thousand national TV shows and movies, and then the podcast. We're in over a hundred episodes. But the irony of all that was that I studied radio and TV broadcasting at a community college here in Walnut, California, Mount Sac. And I, I went through all the classes. I got my FCC license, which you had to do back then in 80 to 81. And they wouldn't let me read the news on the college radio station. Signal went out to the parking lot. And why do you suppose that they wouldn't let you do that? I was though? horrible, but that's not the point. Aren't you there to learn? Well, Aren't they you wouldn't there to let get you better? Okay, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm taking the classes. I, uh, sure, I had a couple extra volleyball classes I shouldn't have. But anyway, so I, I quit. And it's like one of my only few regrets in life is quitting college and not fit. I only had another semester and I would have got an AS degree, whatever that is. But I quit to move to LA, which is 34 miles away from where I grew up. And I started doing stand-up, and I became a messenger. And as we're at the studio here in Century City, beautiful studios, by the way, you can see Mid-Wilshire and downtown. And I used to drive all over this for two years. But you love you, you have great memories of those times, and you met a lot of people who now I would consider them your colleagues and peers. Would that be a fair yeah, thing to say? Like who? Fair. Tell me some of the people that you used to deliver to and kind of kept your dream well, alive. I used to deliver to the Tonight Show Bungalow all the time, and I'd go to Johnny Carson's house. Now, I did not get to go on with Johnny. I did get to go on with Jay. You did the Tonight Show. And Ed McMahon, who yes, I did. worked with the Jerry Loose Telethon for over 17 years with him. In fact, he tried to get me on the Tonight Show. Do you remember that? Which person? Jerry Lewis? No, Ed. Ed, Ed McMahon. I, oh, okay. I was I doing Star that. Search, and he said, Bob, can you get me a tape? I want you on The Tonight Show with Johnny. It was the last six months of The Tonight Show with Johnny, and he sent a messenger over from NBC to pick up the... It was a cassette, a VHS cassette, because that's what it was back then. And I didn't get on the show, but just the effort alone, the fa- I didn't bring it up to him. I said, hey, Ed, can you get me on? It was his idea. What a great guy he was, by the way. Very, and you met him many times, and he, he was always magnanimous and just very... I remember on the telethon when I became a host, and I went into his dressing room. He says, now, Bob, you're part of the uh, telethon family. Which you were, and you sat on the board. A lot of people don't know that you were vice president on the actual Muscular Dystrophy Association board. You took that hosting job very seriously, and you did work your way up through the ranks. The chemistry that you had with both Ed McMahon and Jerry Lewis himself. And to see these tapes, it's it's really sad that it's going off the air after 60 years. But to see Jerry Lewis actually laughing at you and wanting to play along, we're going to take a very quick break. And I want to hear your thoughts about uh, Jerry Lewis, MDA Telethon, and so much more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Bob Zaney of The Bob Zaney Show. I'm Erin O'Connor, co-host of The Bob Zaney Show and host of The Vegana Monologues. You can find one of them at bobzaney.com and both of them at podcastplanet.com. And we are back with the host of The Bob Zaney Show, who is today the guest on The Bob Zaney Show. I am your co-host, Erin O'Connor. And we were talking with Bob Zaney about how many years were you affiliated with the Jerry Lewis Telethon? 17 years, and you know the first time I did it. What, actually, the first time I did it, they were filming at the Improv. They had about 20 comics, and Jerry hosted. The Improv in Hollywood? Uh, and Improv in Hollywood. Bud Freeman called me up and said, can you do this? And of course, I said yes. And they filmed at the club on Melrose, and it was for the overnights because they didn't go live. They took three hours off, so they played that. And Jerry and I, I met Jerry, and I think he liked me, but, you know, whatever. You move on. You go about life. And you and I were in Hawaii. Oh, that's I right. Got, it was in the middle of a two-week run. 
And for whatever reason, I had Sunday night off on Labor Day, or we did. And I get a call, and they said, we'd like to fly you to L.A. to do a set in studio on the telethon. Can you I do, do it? I do remember that. And that was the first time I actually appeared on the telethon live. So that was year two. And I remember saying hi to you. And because you were still in the hotel room in Hawaii, and I was sick. I remember you, you were I was sick. yeah, and I was, oh, I was watching it on too, TV. Right? And you and flew then, back and forth, mm-hmm. and then I flew back, and we finished off the week there. And then uh, I did it a uh, few more years. Used to be at CBS Television City, which as a messenger I would deliver right. all the time. Press room eight, I'll never forget that. And I ended up taping the telethon there, and Pat Zajac show there, and a bunch of other TV shows there at some point. So and they asked me to co-host. I think in 2000, 2000 2001. And uh, I had to go meet Jerry, and you just posted out on Twitter at Bob Zaney at Aaron O'Connor four one five of the meeting of Jerry and I. And I had met Jerry earlier at the Riviera Hotel in Las Vegas, probably about ten years before that. And it was a weird thing because, oh, we're getting a call from Sandy Hackett. Maybe he's with Fred Wolf. <laughs> Should we take that call? What should we do? Why don't we just take that call and see what our guest Sandy Hackett has to say because he's going to be joining hey, us today. We could put him on speakerphone, perhaps. Okay, uh, he's in the lobby. Oh, oh, one of our <laughs> guests. Okay, we'll come get you. Okay, because you have to be brought up. It's a fun, happy show, and our next okay. guest has well, arrived. But we're going to finish we'll up here up. with Bob Zane. And we're going to keep this in. Sandy Hackett's up next. Yeah, we're Sandy Hackett's coming. Something. Now you're on the air, so we're giving you a pre-promotion, which is fine. He hung up. Um, but I, you know, you're talking about your relationship with Jerry Lewis and you were asked to co-host the, uh, national overnights with Tom Bergeron, host of Dancing with the Stars. I, and I did it with videos. Tom Bergeron, Casey Kasem at one year. I did it with, uh, Jan Carl every year. She's the best. Uh, Allison Sweeney from The World's Biggest Loser and also Soap Opera Fame. Yeah. And you stuff. did a great job. And our, our guest, Billy Gardell was talking about that, uh, you know, comedians are really trained to be great hosts and that was a good point to aspiring comedians uh as when you're just starting out in the business generally your first spot is is mc of the show would you agree with that 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 you're you know all of your comedy background just made you absolutely primed and ready to take over and oh, work with tom bergeron a little bit i mean i had to relearn i had to learn to read from a teleprompter and i was very stiff the first couple of years because it's live TV, too, which people don't understand. No, they it don't. It wasn't taped where you can cut. Let's try that again. It was live, so I had no choice to learn, but learn fast. Well, and you're working with, you know... Uh, uh, Professionals. And Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. And the people who love spontaneity and the work that you did with the band alone. I mean, you are truly a master of improv. I, would you say that that's what you're known for more than anything else? Is that, you know, I hear people describe you as there is no one better at improvising than Bob I, Zaney. I actually, that's up there, but at the fact I can remember people's names, Bill. Because, Bill, let me tell you something. <laughs> That was a joke, Aaron. You see, there's two people named Aaron in the room, and what he did as a comedian would do is they keep pretending. No, but you know, yeah, I remember get it. people's I get names. It. It's just paying attention, though. It's like, you know, you have to be in that moment, but then you have to associate the person. You have to actually be listening to the person. You can go into a party and meet people, and if you're not paying attention, you, it doesn't matter if they told you your name or not. You still don't remember it. You're a wonderful comedian. You're a headlining comedian. You are a prolific writer. You come up with new material every single week. But people might not also know that you are, in fact, a producer. And that's really how I met you. So you, you've you worn so many hats in the comedy business. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you supported so many comedians back in the boom of the 80s with uh, with these gigs that you created up and down California. Tell us a little bit well, about that. Well, it was that. Bob Zaney's Comedy Outlets. And basically, it would be a bar, restaurant, hotel, 
that had a room where we could do comedy and they would they would hire me to franchise the, the theme show of three acts and I hired you know at one point it was 30 comics a week I was booking so I had a check and balance system of making sure everybody got there because if someone didn't show it wasn't really against the comedian it was against me and I'm the one who you know, suffered financially so uh and you know Tom Arnold was one of the comedians Fred Wolf worked for me all the time but you know, he, obviously he can't be here to tell me that. But this is how I became aware of you. And I've, I've showed you kind of the documentation because my friend Drew Carey, back when he was living out of his car and I was still up in San Francisco, he said, you know, when you come down to Los Angeles, don't be afraid. There's there's lots of work. And the person that you really need to call the minute you get to Los Angeles to book you in his one-nighters is Bob Zaney. Now, I had never heard of you because there was so much work up in Northern California and I was working every night and I was on the road. And I remember he gave me this, uh, this plan planning book, Zig Ziglar's something or other that was supposed to change your life. And on New Year's Day in that book, and I've showed this to you before, it said, call Bob Zaney. And I didn't do it. I didn't pay attention. And then all of a sudden, about a year later, you kind of came into my awareness level. And, and that's how I met you. And you kind of thought that I was just another naggy comic. But you changed so many comedians' lives in that, you know, you, you kept us working, really. Well, I mean... Uh, Did you do that because you were a philanthropist or just because you loved booking your rooms? Tell no, the truth. I, I started out doing the Bob Zaney show at the Ice House in Pasadena. I found the only way I could get stage time is if I could fill the room, which I could because West Covina, which is 20 miles away, I would invite everybody I knew in high school and in West Covina, basically, and I would sell out the room with 200 people. And we had people from Gary Shanley to Kevin Nealon, Yakov Shmirnov, Who were Julie unknowns, Brown. though. Is that correct? They were or? all just getting to that point okay. of being known. And so these type of people would be in the Bob Zaney show. And I, that's where I learned about booking. And then I took it to the next level where I started booking rooms and I get paid to book the room. And I set up an office and, you know, the, some comedians, you know, they never got paid that much, but they got paid and the checks cleared. But I think very few comedians, you know, we, we've both worked across the nation, as I've said, and I've, I've seen uh, both comedy managers and people who own clubs kind of try to fill the spot of the house MC, thinking that they're going to save the money. And the whole show, let's be honest, goes to hell. It needs a professional. And you were one of the very few people who pulled that off. I mean, you produce shows and you were a comedian and you were really, really good at both. And, um, you know, there, I, I can't think of anybody else really who, well, there's, probably well, there's Don Lurted, maybe, yeah. would there's he qualify out yeah. of Houston, Texas, right? Even we, we interviewed Bob Fisher of the Ice House. We interviewed Jan Smith of Igby's in Los Angeles, and they both were really honest. They said, you know, we've got these great, successful clubs. I want to kind of see what it's like on the other side. And they were the first to say, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Well, I hired Bob Fisher to play in St. Louis Obispo at Bob Zaney's comedy outlet at the Embassy Suites. Right. Or I think it was William Randolph's. Randolph's but the thing is, he loved it, though, because yeah. he was treated like a king and he was hosting or whatever. But yeah, I think it, th that's the thing with me. When they people hire me, they're, they're not just hiring a comedian. You're hiring a guy who knows exactly what you're going through. That's exactly right. You know, so I have an empathy and I have a knowledge that, that most comics are going, where are you making all this money? Well, they're not making all this money. Look at their bills. Yeah, well, we have a couple minutes left. And I want the people to know also that, you know, you really are... Uh, Frankie and Henry. Yes, you are a father to our beautiful dogs, and you have that soft... We, we're not going to go to the soft side of Bob nah, Zaney today. Who right. needs to know that? Because I want to talk a little bit about your movie career. Um, 
they know you from Joe Dirt, as I, as I mentioned. You were also in The Informant. And you've done a couple of really interesting independent projects with our friend and director, uh, who we should have on the show because he's so interesting too, Jay Kanzler out of St. Louis. Now, how did that whole relationship start and it blossomed into which two projects? Well, in a, in a nutshell, he won Fix the Joke Baby, a contest on the Bob and Tom radio show. They would listen to the Zany Report. And not all of them can be winners. They were jokes that you they, wrote and, and then you allowed... People to rewrite the punchline. Do better. Okay. And that's, we hit it off there. And he came out to a show and we talked. And then, you know, I mentioned I had this idea for the documentary. I always want, because basically, as you know, we have all these tapes in the garage. So I wanted to save them. And uh, so he, uh, we spent an hour, uh, I mean, a year and a half of our lives and went all over the country. And it's a documentary about your career. Close but no cigar Uh, available. For downloads, just go to bobzany.com and you can click over and okay. find out. A lot of people see that movie and they think it's really sad. What is your take on that? Do you think I it's... think it's, it makes you, it's going to make you laugh and it makes you cry and then you laugh again. But how do you feel about it, Bob? Because you've kept going after, what is your, ta- what's your tally? 35 years in the biz? Yeah. So what would you say uh, at this point in your career at 50 states, you're on your way to China of all places. You and I have worked in Denmark and England all over the globe. So what's the brass ring for you? What do you, what do you think will you have ever arrived baby i don't well i think it's also comes down to being a performer if you're not getting better every night you get up there then you you need to quit i mean once you think you've done then you're done in a lot of ways mentally and uh you know career wise so i I don't know i'll just try to live in the moment that's all it is. What, but so you see yourself never retiring? Is no, that No, I don't know. I probably will retire. You know? Okay, but are you ever going to sit back and go, oh my gosh, I did the... I do it now. I've done everything you could imagine in this business. There's no reason in the world. I mean, I'm just continuing because I love doing this. That's all. Okay, but you know, you you're you're really well read. You know your current events, and you what people might not know is that you're really you know you know a lot about history and politics. So I think I'm going to make a prediction right here, and that's that I'm going to see you as a pundit, a talking head, on one of your favorite talk shows. Which what I've already done. I've done. I know 28 the big pilots. time, Bob. I want okay. the big time for you. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure. It's a joy having to be on the Bob Zaney Show. I didn't think this Come back and visit us here at Podcast Planet. 100 episodes to choose from. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Aaron. I'm Bob Zaney, your host, and I'd like to thank my co-host, Aaron O'Connor, my producer, Kim Tronic, my audio engineer, Aaron Marino, and I want to thank the janitorial staff for not coming in during the tape. You can enjoy episodes like this and more at podcastplanet.com. 